Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. All right, so the Valley of Acor is, is what we're talking about, or Acor, whichever way you want to say it. Now, under the leadership of Joshua, the nation of Israel had already defeated the kings of Sohan and the king of Og. Uh, and then right after that, they came to this fortified city. A lot of you have read these stories in the Bible, so I'm paraphrasing just for the sake of time. They come up to this fortified city called Jericho. How many of you remember reading that about that city in the Bible by a show of hands? Just two people. And so, so he talked about... Hey, <laughs> I mean... So they came up to the city... And and you all know that there, it was a miraculous thing that took place with Jericho because they, they didn't even use their armor. They actually took the praises out with pictures, right? And they came out with fire and pictures. And they began to sing, uh, the, the, you know, and, and they, they, they cracked open the pictures and they praised God. And when the people inside the city heard it, they were like, oh, goodness. So they took the city of Jericho, and now they come to the city of Ai. Now, Ai was a small city. It didn't have a whole lot of people. So Joshua sent spies in there. The spies went in, and they saw that the city was small. And so when they came back, they reported back to Joshua and said, Joshua, listen, we don't have to send all of our troops. As a matter of fact, I think we can just take these people. So Joshua said, okay. So he sent about two to 3,000 troops to Ai. But what happened was, somebody I said what had happened was, see, but what had happened was they did not realize that Achan, the time before, the battle before, Achan had taken the accursed thing and tied to taking the accursed thing was the curse. And so the two and the 3,000 people didn't know that when they went in the IE. And so when they went in, they got their butts whipped. As a matter of fact, they chased them all the way back. And they were trying to figure out what happened. So Joshua and the leaders, they tore their clothes. You know, that's what they did in the Bible. They tore their clothes in disgust. You know, they, oh, you want this? I know you're cold. They tore their clothes and, 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 and they, they picked up dirt and threw dirt on their hair. I don't know why they do that kind of stuff, but that's what they did in the Bible. <laughs> I'd never be able to understand that. I've been trying to find some revelation on it, but I, I can't find it. It's just dirty. And so, so they tore their clothes and, and they threw dirt on their hair because they were, they were just upset because how could they lose such a battle? So then when you come to times like this, Joshua and the leaders fell on their faith, face in complete humility and sorrow to say, God, I don't know what happened. What happened? I don't know. And so, so what do you do when you don't know what happened? You fall on your face like Joshua and say, God, I don't know what happened. And, and God, he heard the prayer, but God told Joshua, get up. There's sin in the camp. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure Joshua was like, heaven's the best. No, not my camp. I mean, God, you were very specific about what you said. You said don't do it. And if you say it, don't do it, we shouldn't do it. I can't believe that somebody would do something like that, God, knowing that it had national ramifications. That what this one person could do actually had national ramifications to what was going to happen to the rest of the nation. How could it be that one person can make a decision in a nation and it has national ramifications in the direction that the nation goes? 
Surely, God, you gave specific commands. Surely nobody would do such a thing. Surely nobody (laughs) would do such a thing. And so God says, get up this sin in the camp. And the Bible says that they brought the whole, all, all, all tribes, all 12 tribes, and Judah was chosen. Then they brought the clan in, and then Zamri, and then that other one, and Zimbabwe, and Sierra Leone, and, and, and Zara. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And then it, it gets down to that one family, and they bring the family up, and Achan was singled out. Wow. Now, 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 Achan, Achan, I got to give it to him. The brother didn't hesitate. He repented immediately. But the sin was done. Right. And so he repented and, and, and man. And, and but although he confessed it, <laughs> the consequences had already been set in order. Now, I know this is kind of crude, but he, his family and all of his possessions gone because of a mistake he made. Three valuable life lessons you need to understand. The first one is. When God says no. He means no. See, when God says no, don't be playing with God. God didn't say a little no, half a no, somewhat no, might be no. God says no, it means If you as a parent, come on now, if you tell your child, don't go over there, you don't mean don't go by there. You do not mean don't go sideways over there. It doesn't mean you don't get close to it. You mean what? Right? It's pretty, it's pretty clear. So why would God's commands have some ambiguity to it? Oh, he, he said not to go, but he, he really didn't say. No, God said I couldn't, I couldn't eat of it, but he did say I can touch it. See, God told Mr. and Mrs. Adam, don't eat of the tree of mixture, good and evil. What did they do? They ate. She ate first and gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate too. Now, 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 there were ramifications. They both got kicked out of paradise. Why? Because when God says no, he means no. So how in the world, when you read the Bible and God says not to do something, all of a sudden, that's really not what it's saying. That's man's man interpret the Bible differently than what it should be interpreted because we all have our own version of interpretation. No, when God says no, he means no. Oh, y'all just so weak this morning. That's all right. I'm going to keep preaching it anyway. God commanded. Here's another one. Okay. God commanded Lot. To take everybody out that he could take out. He went and talked to people. Come on, man. You got to get up out of here. Something's about to happen with the Lord. Like, oh, all of a sudden now you're godly. See, that's what happened when you're always acting like the world, drinking with the world, smoking dope with the world, snorting up crack with the world. See, when you start doing all that stuff with the world, when God really speaks to you, the world ain't going to listen to you because you've already lost your witness. See? See, you can't win the world looking just like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world, dressing like the world. You can't win the world. You got to be different. He came in and said, God is about to destroy this place. They laughed at him. They said, yeah, how are you telling me something about God? You don't know God. And so he came out with his family, 
God told them, do not look back. What did he say? That's pretty clear. You don't need to have a theological degree of been, been in, in seminary, I mean, cemetery, seminary, I get them mixed up, for eight years to understand when God says no, he means no. Say so you're a little bit better now. Okay, you're, you're catching my cues. He said, don't look back. They're going. The Bible says she lingers. And I'm sure she was just like a kid. You know how kids do, right? You tell a child, don't touch that. You know, eventually they're going to get over there by it. Because what they heard, don't touch it right now. <laughs> That's what people tell God. I know he said that, but, you know, did he really say it like that? I mean, if you exegetically break it down so we can hermeneutically understand it, then maybe we can prophesy to each other and then make it say something that we want to hear. Hear or hear. So what did she do? She looked back, and what happened? She lost her life. Why? Because her body was out of Sodom, but her heart was still there. See, that's what happens with a lot of people who keep going back in dangerous and toxic relationships. See, God will pull them out of that relationship, but even though their bodies are out, their hearts are still tied up into it. It's called a soul tie because they're tied up in their soul. That's why it's dangerous for Christian women to get locked up with ungodly men. Because you get tied up in your soul. And the whole church trying to tell you, girl, you need to get up out of that situation. And here you go making excuses. Well, you just don't know he loves mm-hmm. mm-hmm. When God says no, he means no. Oh, man, you guys are good now. You're good. You're good. You're good. And we know the Bible says that, that, that the, the God said, don't touch the accursed thing. So when Achan did that, he not only hurt himself. He hurt his family, and he hurt the whole nation. See, we are under God's orders to eliminate any thoughts, practices, positions, purposes, and allegiances that are against his will. See, that's what that means. When Achan was destroyed, I know it seems a little crude, but let me give you a spiritual Uh, 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 revelation in that, it means that you should destroy all sin. Anything that's going to take you away from the will of God must be destroyed. Oh, man, y'all got quiet then. Okay, can I go to the next point? Y'all looking at me? All right, let me hurry up because y'all ain't looking good about the face, so... Number two, don't underestimate God and his commands. See, that's what Achan did. Achan underestimated God and did not take his commands seriously. Therefore, it seemed like a small thing to disobey, such a small thing, such a small thing. So, so you notice now, notice, notice, it was, it was not all the gold. It was just, it was, a, it was not a, it was small, just a little bit. I, I just wanted to taste the crack. I, it's just a small thing. I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm really, I, I, I won't, I, I'm not going to have sex. I'm just going over at 1130 <laughs> for a Bible study. I, I need lay, hands laid on me and, 
I need some oil. I mean anointing oil. It's just a small thing, God. I, I mean, I, it was just a kiss, God. You know, God, come on. I got needs. Come on. It's just a small thing. It's not a whole lot. God. Write this down. Our actions affect more people than we realize. See, when we always talk about it's just a small thing, God, you, it, it don't really matter, God. I can, I can, you, you know, Lord, I know I, I can, I can fornicate a little. Wait a minute, I can lie a little. Huh? Can I? Come on, it should be okay. There are no perfect people. <laughs> I'm sure you've never heard that before. Come on, I could be bitter a little. Come on, they upset me. You don't understand what they did to me. I can harbor unforgiveness a little. It's just a little unforgiving, not a whole lot. Don't nobody even know, but God, it's just a little bit. I won't even show it. I'm a smile. They won't even recognize that I'm bitter and angry and vexed in my spirit. It's just a little. Just a little bit. It's just a small portion. You know, I'm only going to go to church, but I'm only going to go to church a little. I'm going to pray, God. I'm going to pray. I'm a prayer warrior, God, but I'm only going to pray a little. I'm going to go to that church. I know they love worship, but I'm only going to worship. God, you blessed me with that bonus. Woo! I'm glad you gave me a bonus check. And I'm going to write a big old check to the church, God, but I'm only going to give. A little messed him up. See, this is what a little did. A little took the head of a household, and when the head of the household is defiant, disobedient, and dissident, it has ramifications for everybody in the household to suffer. Single ladies, it's important who you marry. Because Achan was the head of the house, everybody else died because of Achan. There are households right now dying because the man is not the man. The man is too busy wanting the woman to bake him cookies and cakes. When God says, Adam, this is your kingdom, for you to dress it and keep it. Uh, I think that's what the Bible says. So, yeah, the man was made first, but you might not understand why. So since I got you in here, and you may not hear it ever again, let me just go ahead and set the record straight. So the man was created first for modeling. He created the man first is because you're supposed to be stronger. For the Bible says, Apostle Paul, that the woman is the weaker vessel. She's weaker not in mind, not in quality. She's not weaker there. She's weaker because you're supposed to be stronger than a woman. But if you're some little old punk, you don't need to marry somebody like that. You need to marry somebody that got a little muscle, can do a little something, can carry a couple of bags of groceries, something. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So the man is supposed to be stronger. 
right? It's for modeling. He said, I want you, Mr. Adam, to dress and keep the garden. It's yours. That's your household. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If the household is suffering, it's because of the leader. You like that, boo? It's the truth anyway. You might not like it, but it's still the truth. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And you can look over your life or you can look over somebody else's life right now, and all you got to do is look at that dad. If he was in the house at all. And so you still have to look at the dad even if he left. The woman to do everything and send a $20 check every six months. What the heck you going to do with a $20 check every six months when the child eat through $20 when he just blow his nose? Think he did something. I, I sent you a check six months ago. Nick bro. Don't make me get ghetto up in here. $20. What the $20 going to do? The head of the household is important. God made sure that the head of the household was important. That's why you got to understand biblical, biblical, biblical ramifications for what a man is in the house. And let me just go ahead and tap Ephesians chapter, chapter 5 while we're in there. And so the Bible did not say that the woman should just be submitted to any man. You need to read the Bible very carefully. The Bible did not say for a woman to be submitted to any man. The Bible does say that the woman should be submitted to the man that submitted to Christ. And then it goes a little deeper and says we should be seated one, submitted one to As means to the same degree. The same degree that I am submitted to Christ is the same degree that she should be submitted to me. And when I get out of line with Christ, then she's going to get out of line with me. I don't have the ability or the authority to chastise her when I'm out of line with him. What I need to do is follow my face, get back in line with him, and he will make her get in line. Now, now, somebody say, now that's the truth. So, so you want the truth. You don't want what some old, some old drunk on the corner, never been to church, would tell you, well, the Bible says the woman supposed to be submitted to the man. When the last time you've been to church? <laughs> so, many, so many theologians in the world trying to tell us, we in church, trying to tell us what the Bible says. And a lot of people who don't really know what the Bible says are the people who don't come to church. And then they make excuses for not coming to church. Okay. I just hope that there's not an aching in your family. Number three, sin must be dealt with, not played with. Aching and his entire family lost their lives. Although, 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 in our society today, it is permissible and perhaps permitted for people to sin. That's the kind of society that we, we live in today. And, and as we see some of the, um, the things that are going on in our society and, and decisions that has to be made and, and so forth, I don't, I, I don't have to tell you what we're seeing in the world today. I don't have to tell you that it seems, it seems that Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 is true. 
It said that there is coming a day, although Isaiah wrote that book 700 years before Jesus ever came on the scene. But this is what Isaiah wrote because it's just like reading a newspaper today. Isaiah said that there is coming a day in society that people will call good evil and evil good. So now if you want to live righteously, now somehow perhaps we are bad for wanting to live right. We, we, we are bad because we don't want a man in the bathroom with my grandbaby. For somehow I'm, I'm, I'm nasty and mean and perhaps shallow-minded because I don't want perversion in the city. And somehow we, we, we are being backwards and mean and hateful. No, no, you're being backwards and mean and hateful when you want some guy who is a heterosexual taking advantage of this law. Uh, they call them pedophiles. And the pedophiles are watching, and they're waiting to take advantage of our babies. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I catch one of them, we're going to have to immediately put our prison ministry in place. Uh, you know, they're going to dress me in black and white stripes. But, but I'm going to lose it because it's perversion. That's exactly what it is. Always will be perversion. Not because we say it. Because when God says no, he means no. We got to understand that, saints. It doesn't matter how you feel. I really don't care how you feel. This is not about a feeling. This is about what's written in the word of God. And I don't care when people get upset. The Bible's not going to change just because people get upset. Just because people riot, the Bible is not going to change. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Until we can get people living in a righteous way, nothing is going to change. Not another government program, not another law. Nothing is going to change people's hearts but the word of God. And if we can get the mega churches and some of these mega preachers preachers to stop just worrying about a check, And start calling the city to prayer. I believe we can do more to turn the light on. Are you here with me today? Those are three valuable lessons, but there is a turnaround, thanks to God. Sin has drastic consequences. Here, Here are three very quick consequences of sin. It brings separation, first of all. Sin will separate you from God. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2, it says, but your sin, your iniquities, have made you a separation between you and your God. Sin also is a catalyst for more sin. Don't you know once you start sinning, you keep sinning? It it, it perpetuates. It's like like a liar, because I used to be a liar, so I know how this is. You you lie, and then you tell a lie to cover that one, and and it keeps on. But then eventually, you, you told a lie so much, you forgot about what you lied about, so you just lie about everything. It, 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 see it. It just, it just keeps going and keeps going. It, it, see, an adulterous affair don't start with the man and woman in the bed. It start with the wink and the nod. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You in church trying to worship. You looking back. <laughs> you can't even worship because you feel those eyeballs on the back of your neck. I must be in the wrong church. Like, that ain't happening. They hooking up right out the church. <laughs> Let me give you a scripture while we're talking. James chapter 1, verse 15. It says this, Lust, having conceived, 
gives birth to sin. But sin fully completed brings forth death. So sin is a process. It starts off slow and it builds, right? It builds. You get the wink and the nod and then you start hanging out together. You start having lunch together. You start looking goo-goo out at each other. Then, then you start confining each other. See, when you do that, then your heart moves from your mate and it goes to this other person because now this other person gives you what you've been looking for because you can't find it in this person over here that's supposed to be your spouse. And so you find yourself wanting to spend more time with the person that's not your spouse and your heart is being pulled and then you go into a different direction and before long, that's where it happens. And, and so when you get the wink and the nod, that's when you're supposed to be... <laughs> I didn't even tell you this. Yesterday, I was at AutoZone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was at AutoZone yesterday. Minding my own business. <laughs> Minding my own business. I don't even know why I'm telling this. <laughs> but since I'm out there, <laughs> I'm in AutoZone. And I'm coming in. All I'm looking for is a little meter to find out how much air is in my tires. And I like to keep that in my car. So I'm looking. I'm looking. And so uh, I, I get up to the counter. <laughs> this, this, this sister was sitting, was, was, was paying for something, this sister. <laughs> so now, you know when somebody's looking at you, right? So I turn. Because I'm like, don't even go there with me. I ain't even, don't even play with me. So I turn. I'm trying to pay for my stuff. She goes, mm. <laughs> The sister did. So the white guy that was taking my money, he looked at me and he gives me this smirk like, <laughs> right? And I'm looking at him like, mm. <laughs> so some of you guys saw me yesterday. You saw what I had on a pair of jeans and a little shirt, right? I, nothing, nothing big. So she says, man, you sure look nice. I said, well, thank you. I sure appreciate it. <laughs> you have a good day now. <laughs> yeah, have a good day. <laughs> well, she got to see that right there. Got that? See, that's just not something I have on my finger. This has meaning. This has meaning. See, you, you see that this thing, it doesn't have any broken circles. It don't have any broken circles. Why? Because my love is to be continuous. Right? That means my love for her cannot be broken by somebody that like how I look. Yes. Amen. See, the, the wink and the nod, mm-mm. I don't have time for it. And see, you dismiss it. And as soon as you dismiss it, it's not even a thought. Yes. Hello? And, they, and that devil has to go on, on about their business. Well, I'm not trying to call her a devil or anything, but I'm just saying <laughs> the devil in her. Because I guarantee if I had approached her, I could have had my way with her. Why? Because she was already open. She's the one came on to me, right? But th that stuff you have to cut off, saints. Single people, you cannot, you cannot. Oh, <laughs> you make me laugh. You better cut it off. I'm, I'm telling you. You, know, yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> yeah. you, be, you, be, you be sitting up there talking about, boy, <laughs> you sure do make me feel good. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, you better be careful with that making you feel good stuff. <laughs> Next thing you know, you open in your eyes and you go, Lord, how did I end up here? Praise God. Hallelujah. Sin will bring separation. But sin is also a catalyst for more sin. And last, sin, when left unchecked, will cause you to make excuses. You will make excuses. You will say, uh, it's the other person's fault. Um, uh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Check this one out. I couldn't help myself. But Pastor, you don't understand. I couldn't help myself. Yes, you could have. Oh, here's a good one right here that the world likes to say. Everybody's doing it. Well, mama... My, 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 booking them left eye, dead eye, and bright eye got a tattoo. Why I can't get one? Everybody's doing it. Why well, they got a belly ring? Why I can't get one? Everybody in the school got a belly ring. Even the boys got a belly ring. Everybody, my, my teacher got a belly ring. The principal got a belly ring. Everybody got a belly ring. The school board got belly rings. Everybody got belly rings. Can I get a belly ring? Everybody's doing it. Now, if you got a belly ring, I am not knocking you. I ain't lying. Let me just. <laughs> I mean, if you got a belly ring, that's your business. I'm not, I'm not saying that's sin. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying cover it up. Don't nobody need to be seeing that. Look, if they can see your belly ring, they're seeing too much. That's, that's too much. That you, you got all that Mitchell showing? Yeah, that's too much. That's too much. See, 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 listen, here's the problem with a lot of sisters. And I'm talking about sisters, black, white, Mexican, Hispanic, it don't matter. All sisters. So I'm talking about sisters of God. No ethnicity, all sisters. Here's the problem with a lot of sisters. They already give the guy what they want to see. You're already showing it. You're bent over, you're showing all your sisterhood. There's nothing, nothing to be desired. You already see it all. And I'm talking about on social media. I'm telling you, I, sometimes I just, I, I would just go through stuff and I'm like, how did this end up on my newsreel? <laughs> I mean, some people out there, they just, it's porn. It's nothing but porn. And I'm sitting here and I'm talking about young people, and if they click, I want to be her friend, that's all she shows is porn. And they're on the phone. That's why they're having so many tracker problems. Because that, that, that picture come up, they go, oh, God. And they hit somebody because of the picture they saw on Facebook. It's nothing but soft porn. So you have to be careful of your eye gate. Amen? Amen. Here's another one. The devil made me do it. <laughs> uh, write this down. Excuses are a gateway to destruction. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 says, For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many enter thereof. I had I asked this question to God before when I was studying this, and I was wondering why it was wider going to destruction and smaller going into the way of righteousness. That's interesting, isn't it? That is a wider opening for people going into destruction. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty critical because um, there are so many implications and so many things that people will accept in their lives that's not godly. And they compromise. And then when you compromise, then you have to make excuses. So you can continue to do what you do, even though you know it's wrong. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe. It doesn't even matter if you believe God or not. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist, agnostic, if you believe in, in Hinduism or any of those other isms. It doesn't really matter. Every person knows what's right and what's wrong. Our sense of morality has to come from a higher power. 
if we believe in macroevolution, it, the, the science doesn't support itself. How can, we, how can we be more intelligent than a rock who created us? It don't add up. Something that's a creator can only create something that has to be submissive to the creator. So I can't be submissive to a rock because rocks didn't create me. The problem is a lot of people don't want to submit to God. Oh, I forgot they're so smart now that they're smarter than God. There are a lot of smart people out there. It is. It is. But God is real. He is real. And for people who don't believe, that's their business. I am not the last one to try to convince somebody that God is real. I am, and I am not even interested in trying to prove to people God is real. I'm not here to prove anything to you. You have to believe that on your own. I can share my testimony about how God took me out of alcoholism and, 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 and womanizing and how God changed my life forever. I can tell you those things. And I can tell you that willpower didn't do that for me. So I can share my testimony, but that's all I got. After that, you got to understand God for yourself. Amen? And if you choose not to believe God, I still love you. We can still go out. We can hang out. We can have fun. I, I hang out with atheists every day on my job. Amen. Come on. So can't, can't, stop trying to convince people. Leave people alone. Just be a light. Turn your light on uh, around them and stop throwing the Bible at people. Just be a Bible. Just be loving and friendly. Come on, somebody. Just be friendly to people, man. We just get so uptight about stuff, right? And so listen to this. Listen to this. I got good news for you, saints. You ready for some good news? Let me give you Hosea chapter 2 because we've been talking about trouble. <laughs> All this stuff has been dealing with trouble. But I got to tell you something about trouble. Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. This is, this is pretty cool. And then I'm done. Hosea chapter 14, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it states, it says, this is what God is saying. He said, I will allure her. He's talking about the children of Israel, which is a type of the church. He said, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Did you see that? He said, and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. See, there's something about that door that I was mesmerized about, so I had to go and get some other scriptures. Check this out. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, After these things, this is John the Revelator, he said, After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here. I will show you things which must take place thereafter. And I kept on going. And so in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it talked about the shield of faith. You remember seeing that in the shield of faith? Now, what you may not know is when I began to look at the etymology of that word in the Greek, the root word means a door. So the, a shield of faith is a door. So your faith opens a door. So let's go back to Hosea. Hosea says this, on the other side of great trouble, there is an access point. There is a door into a new place of victory where you can expect the thing that you hope for. Wow. Did you hear that? On the other side of trouble, there is a door. And you will get what you expect. 
See, sometimes we're going through trouble and all you can think about is trouble. Now, now I got another door to tell you about. Jesus says, I am. And so, in other words, Jesus says, you come to me. So, so you might be in this church right now, and you might be going through some, some difficult personal setbacks. You might be going through some financial trouble. You might be going through job losses. You might be going through a crisis in your marriage. You might have the death of a loved one or a miscarriage or personal attacks by people who are inside and outside the church. You might have a severe health crisis that you might be going through. You are going through a valley of trouble. But God says, if you access the door, you have a door of hope on the other side of your trouble. If you can just get through your trouble, God says, I got a blessing for you on the other side. Because when you get to the other side, you are always stronger. You are always wiser. You are always better. You always have more faith. You always have more patience. You always have more peace when you get on the other side. And what God is doing, he's perfecting your faith. So on the other side of trouble, there's a door of hope. On the other side of sickness, there's a door of healing. On the other side of problems, there's a door of praise. On the other side of pain, there's a door of joy. Come on, somebody. See, you got to get to the other side first. See, David said, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? David didn't say, I'm going to wallow in the valley. He didn't say, I'm going I'm to stay in the valley. He didn't say, I was going to cuss out the valley. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. There is no evil that can stop me from walking through my valley. See, where we mess up is we stop in our valleys. We lay down in the valleys. We wallow in the valley. God says there's a door of hope on the other side of your great trouble. Don't be like Achan. Don't touch the accursed thing. If God says no, he means no. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.